Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. Be sure to join us in person every Sunday, 1045 a.m. You can join us on social media, and you can find us online at fbchopkinsville.com. Hope to see you soon. Hey, would you tell Tom Drake and that choir they did a good job? He'll be appreciated. My goodness. Hallelujah. Wow. Would you also tell Lynn Farmer and her crew they did a good job? They worked hard and got all this stuff together. Hey, if you are a member of First Baptist Church Hopkinsville, would you stand up so we can show appreciation for you for hosting this gathering? Member of First Baptist Hopkinsville, tell these folks thank you for hosting us. And would you tell your director of mission, AMS, Association of Strategists, whatever they're calling them today, would you tell John Franklin you love him and thank God for him and believe the Lord has called him here for this time? Well, John, would you come up here just for a second? I have a certificate for you all. So this is from Kentucky Baptist Convention. It says in a rec- the Christian County Baptist Association, recognized by, on its 100th anniversary and for its significant contribution to the life and ministry of Kentucky Baptist. We praise the Lord for you all and thank God for you. Would you one more time tell Brother John you appreciate him and his ministry. Amen. All right. I'm doing something here that Brother John was doing. I'm setting a timer for myself and I just hit go. I've got to tell you, I do that every Sunday and it never makes a bit of difference. It doesn't matter where I am. It, it, it never, ever, ever, ever helps. Occasionally, it'll connect with Siri and I'll be talking and Siri will be texting and I'll be talking and just crazy things can happen. Go ahead and find Philippians 1 in your Bible if you would please. I want to speak to you on the subject of a gospel partnership. How many of you all are married or have been married at some point in your life? Raise your hand good and high if you've married or have been married. How many of you, your marriage is or was, it was a partnership. If you strive for and had a partnership in your marriage, raise your hand. I hope most of the hands that were up while ago will go back up. Connie and I were married in 1993, and we have been married for 31 years in April, and the first year of our marriage was kind of challenging. Maybe that's true for some other people. It was definitely true for us. We understood we were supposed to become one. We just couldn't agree on which one we were going to become. And, and so we st- had a hard time figuring some of that out. But at some point, it became a partnership and, and still is to this very day. In fact, a few years ago, we were living here in Hopkinsville over on Judith Court. And, and it was a, like a spring day, February, March. It was kind of a warm one. And, and Connie likes to keep things neat around the house. And she noticed the patio back behind our house was had some clutter and debris that just leaves and pieces of twigs and probably corn cobs from the cornfield had built up a little bit and she wanted to go clean it off and so she went out in the garage which was connected to our kitchen and came back with my echo handheld power blower and she was holding it in some kind of a weird upside down sort of way and she said you think this would be hard for me to start and I said well let me start it for you and next thing you know I'm cleaning off the patio and Connie's in the backyard playing with the dog our marriage is a partnership Connie loves me and has a wonderful plan for my life Philippians, the Philippian church, the Apostle Paul, were in a a gospel partnership together. Uh, Paul started the Philippian church. He answered the Macedonian call in Acts chapter 16, went out and preached the gospel, and Lydia got saved and opened her home for Paul and Silas to minister from, and then the demon-possessed slave girl got saved, and Paul got thrown in jail like he always did, and the jailer got saved and all of his family, and they had a church, and and so Paul started this church, and these members loved the Lord, and they were partners with Paul in a gospel ministry, and they're a model for you and I, and I want to show us from this text three simple truths about a gospel partnership. The Bible says in Philippians 1 verse 3, Paul writes to the Philippian church who he loves, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. 
And all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until, until now. Three simple truths about a gospel partnership because that's what you all want to be as an association. It's what you have been and, and it's what you want to be as you continue to work together. The first one is this. Notice the practice of a gospel partnership. In verse 5, Paul says, I do these things because of your partnership in the gospel. Uh, what, what does it look like to have a partnership together and a gospel partnership? I was at a Cracker Barrel a while back and was standing, you know how, how they work, they have the hostess there and, and she seats you or he seats you and I'm standing in line waiting for a table. There was a little couple behind me and, and when I say little, I mean they were little, they were just, you know, I'm tall, they were not very tall and, and they were elderly and they weren't, elder, I mean, they, they weren't like the elderly that is questionable. They were, they'd been, a, they'd been around a long time. They were probably up in their 80s and, and so I just started a conversation with them and turned around and, and I said, um, uh, how long have y'all been married? And, and, and the little man, he was just, you know, you get a certain age, you get kind of bent over and he was kind of bent over a little bit and he had a cane and, and she was bent over and they were holding hands together. And, uh, I said, how long have you been married? And he, he raised his head up with a big smile. And he said, 63 years, just happy as he could be and beaming and holding his wife's hand. And, and I said, well, man, it's wonderful that you're still holding hands. And she raised her head up and talked loud. Like I was hard of hearing. And she said, we have to, we're holding each other up. <laughs> They were in a partnership, and they were using and holding each other up. Well, notice the practice of a, of a gospel partnership. Number one, it's, it's a personal matter. Uh, several times Paul uses the word you in these verses. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. Uh, and, and when Paul did this, you know he's thinking about them. He's thinking about Lydia and Lydia's family and how he baptized them. And he's thinking about that Philippian jailer who was probably a pretty tough guy and probably had seen a lot of things and God, uh, God just softened his heart and changed his life. And Paul's probably thinking about that jailer and maybe that demon possessed slave girl. He's remembering her and what it was like when she was controlled by demonic forces and when she was uh, telling fortunes for her owner. And then all of a sudden how she was set free and transformed and she came up out of that grave and she was changed and Paul's remembering them and he's thankful for them. And then he says in verse five, because of your your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. It's a personal decision to decide to partner with other people in advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all, not only is it personal, it's also practical. When Paul uses the word partnership, he uses a Greek word that a lot of us have heard before. It's the word koinonia, and it's the word we would translate for fellowship. When we think of fellowship, we usually think about a, a chicken leg, a banana pudding. Somebody say amen to that. When Paul talks about fellowship, he's talking about working together, partnering for a larger purpose. And it's a, not only is it a, a practical one, but it's particular. Notice that their fellowship or partnership was in the gospel. And that means in the advancement of the gospel, in believing the gospel and holding on to it and, and telling it and preaching it and proclaiming the gospel. It's personal, it's practical, it's particular. But I want you to see one more thing. It's not in this text, but it is in the Bible. It's not a natural practice to have a gospel partnership. And what I mean by that is in our fallen state, we are not partnering people. We're independent and we separate and we go our own way and we do our own thing. But when Jesus Christ comes into our life and the Holy Spirit begins to shape us and change us, we're just not who we used to be. Amen? And we're not like we used to be. And we want to work together to accomplish something that we cannot do on our own. Notice this practice in this particular church. Look at your Bible at Philippians 4 and notice how the Philippians were partnering with the Apostle Paul. 
In verse 10, Paul says of Philippians 4, he says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. So Paul knew this church loved him, and something had happened that showed him their love. He said, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned in every situation, uh, or the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, Paul was the Philippian church. In fact, the book of Philippians is a thank you note to the Philippian church for their financial support of his gospel ministry. Look at verse 15 or 14. He says, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Verse 15, moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received Epaphroditus, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his, uh, the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This was a partnering church, and they were partnering with the Apostle Paul on his gospel ministry. What does it look like to have an association of partnering churches? Well, you have that, and you've seen a lot of it tonight. You have a great history, 100 years together as an association. Somebody was joking in the fellowship hall about some of us who are up in years and, and said, well, probably nobody here that was here 100 years ago. And I thought, no, but there might be some here who were around when they were still questioning whether or not it was a good idea to start an association. <laughs> but you've done that and you have 100 years of history together. You have a great history. Uh, you had a great expansion, 24 churches now 43 churches plus one mission church. Can we just praise God for that? That when churches are built and those are gospel preaching places, you had a great impact. Here it is again. 14,181 people have been baptized by the churches of the Christian County Baptist Association since 1980. If you were saved or baptized at a Christian county or in connection with a Christian County Baptist Association church, would you just raise your hand? If you were saved or baptized, would you all stand up? If you have your hand raised, would you stand up just for a minute? Would you just look around and see some of the gospel impact in this room right here, what God's done through Christian County Baptist churches? Would you praise the Lord one more time? Amen. Through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, souls have been saved and lives have been changed. Since 1928, the churches of this association have sent more than $29,647,601 to fund ministry and missions through the cooperative program. You've heard tonight something of a vision from your associational mission strategist. Brother John, I love the music. The time I love hearing the music. But man, my heart was leaping when John was sharing the things for you ought to do. Did you hear those things? He said, he said that you all are going to try to help churches become more healthy. You're going to try to resource families. You're hoping to plant other churches. You're hoping to evangelize Christian County. Uh, you're hoping to do all these things, and you'll do all these things together as an association of churches working together. That's the practice of a gospel partnership. But look at the second thing. Notice the priority of a gospel partnership. Uh, why does it matter that we work together? Paul says, because of your partnership of the gospel, from the first day 
until now. All of us have priorities. There are certain things that we care about that drive our lives, things that we focus on and things that are out in front of us that we want to do and accomplish. And I know I have lots of priorities. You have priorities. I know one priority I think we probably share in common. How many of you all love to eat? Raise your hand good and high if you love to eat. Amen. Uh, I'm either uh, eating food or I'm thinking about food. Amen. Is anybody, when my family takes a vacation, we love to say that we're not really too concerned about the national historic markers, but you can be sure we're going to find a good cheeseburger somewhere. We Sometimes me and Connie will be eating breakfast and, and I'll say, Connie, what are we going to have for supper? And, and she gets so put out with me. She'll say, we're eating breakfast right now and you're thinking about supper. And, and I said, well, it's, it's not that I expect her to fix it. I might fix it or we might go out and eat. I just want to make sure somebody's thinking about it, don't you? We're eating now and we hope to eat again later as the, as the day goes on. I was preaching a revival a while back and the church where I was going to preach had a place for me to stay. And one of the deacons reached out and he said, uh, he sent me an email, said, we will get you some snacks while you're here to have in your room. And I emailed back and I said, I appreciate it, but I really don't need any snacks. And he emailed a second time and he said, we'd like to get you some snacks. So what would you like? And I emailed back and said, I'm really... Wouldn't, I don't really don't need anything, and I was trying to watch what I was eating, and he was persistent, emailed a third time, and said, we'd like to get you some snacks, and I said, well, I, I drink water, and I drink coffee, and if there's some peanuts in the room, I'd probably eat some peanuts, and so I got there, and they had the water and the coffee, and they had the peanuts, but they had this other stuff I'd never seen before, uh, peanuts and candy corn mixed together. Have you ever seen that? Listen, I've never actually smoked crack cocaine, but I'm pretty sure crack couldn't be any more addictive than peanuts and candy corn mixed together. If you get the combination right, it tastes just like a payday candy bar in every, every handful. And I got it figured out pretty quick and stay with it for, for a good while. We all have priorities, but why should, uh, what does it look like for a gospel partnership to be a priority for a local church? And listen, you can just do it all on your own, can't you? I mean, a church can just go it alone, do your own thing, get your members working together. Why do we need to be concerned with working with others to advance the gospel? Well, just notice about this church, the Philippian church. Now, this priority was stated for them Paul says, because your partnership with the gospel from the first day until now. He goes all the way back to their conversion. When they first met the Lord Jesus Christ. Lydia opened her home for Paul and Silas to minister out of her house. Acts 16, 13, 14, 15. Just go read it for yourself. Instantly, the DNA of the church was that we must advance the gospel. Those who've received the gospel must participate in advancing the gospel. And certainly we'd want to do that with as many gospel partners together as we possibly can. It's stated it's also sustained for this church. He says because of your partnership with the gospel from the first day until now. Not just back in that day, but also on this day. But then also notice about this priority that they stayed focused on this priority. He said their partnership was in the gospel. It wasn't just a partnership in building buildings? Was it a partnership in curing sicknesses? Was it just a partnership for distributing food? Praise God for all those things. They're all, they're all good things, but they're not the greatest thing. The most important thing is that we're advancing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that we're doing it together, that we're taking the good news of our Lord Jesus into all parts of the world. It's a priority, and it's a priority in the Bible that we work together. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6 says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was completed to the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17. I just think it's marvelous that Christ prayed for us at all, but he prayed for us in John chapter 17. You've read that text of scripture and you've heard Jesus pray for his disciples. But then in verse 20, his prayer shifts and he says, my prayer is not for them alone. He's not just praying for the apostles, his disciples, but he said, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you and it's me. Jesus was praying for us 
to the Father back in this time. Verse 21, uh, look at what he prayed. He said that all of them, now what do you think Jesus would pray? If you give Jesus your prayer list tonight and say, Jesus, here's what I'd like you to pray. What would you ask him to pray? Would you pray for health? It's good to be healthy. As we start aging, we realize that getting old is hard and body is decaying and it's winding down and that's difficult and it's challenging. Would you pray for greater health? Would you pray for, for wealth, for finances? Would you pray for wealth? It takes money to live in this world. Would you pray that the Lord would just supply your finances that you, that you, that you need? Would you pray for, for world peace? I mean, my goodness, it's a mess right now, isn't it? It's not what Jesus prayed for us. Look at what he prayed in verse 21. He said that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Lord Jesus prayed that we'd be a unified people, working together to impact the world with the gospel. There's an African proverb that says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Why should churches be concerned with partnering together to advance the gospel? Here's 10 reasons. Number one, a gospel partnership glorifies God. God's glorified when 43 churches and one mission church, the Christian County Baptist Association, work together to advance the gospel. A gospel partnership has a greater return on investment. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. You've read that in the Bible. A gospel partnership increases joy. I saw Operation Hopkinsville. I saw what you all, what it was like to see you all working together to advance the gospel and the joy that happened in your celebration times. A gospel partnership uh, encourages smaller churches, smaller churches that can't do some of the things that larger churches can do, feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. A gospel partnership utilizes larger churches, larger churches that have more resources can help as churches work together. A gospel partnership strengthens all churches. Uh, number, number seven, uh, the gospel partnership communicates a message. When we're working together in the churches of the Christian County Baptist Association are working together to advance the gospel, it says something to the world. A gospel partnership is attractive to outsiders. It impacts the community, but a gospel partnership keeps us focused. Our IMB president, Dr. Paul Chitwood, reminds us that the world's greatest problem is not hunger, it's not sickness, it's not disease. The world's greatest problem is lostness. And you and I have the solution to the world's greatest problem. It's the gospel. Praise God for a group of churches that are choosing to work together to advance the gospel. Well, there's the practice and there's the priority. One more thing and I'll close. Look at the product of a gospel partnership. Paul says, because of your partnership with the gospel from the first day until now. What happens when churches work together? Well, the first thing you notice in this text is that it produces gratitude. Paul says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Isn't that great that he so loved this church? If he, if, if he had any thoughts at all of the Philippian church, they were thoughts of gratitude and thanksgiving. It also prompts prayer. He says in verse 4, in all my prayers for all of you. Paul prayed for this church, thinking about what they were doing and how their influence was expanding and spreading. It also produces encouragement. He says, I always pray with joy. And then we know this, that the product is, it advances the gospel. He says, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Lots of things have changed since 1923 when the association started. Your building is different than the building that uh, was housing the work at that time. 
Many of the faces are different. Folks who were here at that time have gone on to be with Jesus and new ones have come up and folks who weren't doing stuff are now doing stuff and folks who used to do things aren't doing things they used to do. The pastors are, are different. Uh, instead of suit and ties, pastors wear jeans and flannel shirts and it's a different day that we live in. And I appreciate Brother Tom clarifying. I know they sing those songs, Tom, but not like you sing them tonight. Amen? They sing them and man, did they sing them tonight. Those things have changed, but one, one big thing remains the same. Listen to this. Here's three numbers, and I'll share what they mean. The first one's 72,748. Second one's 15.5%. And the third one's 61,471. 72,748 is the 2010 or 20 census population of Christian County, Kentucky. 72,748 people. 15.5% is the percentage of that population, according to Glen Mary Research, who does their research based on church attendance records. 15.5% is the percentage of that population that attends some church somewhere on Sunday morning. All churches, not just Baptist churches, all churches in Christian County. 61,472 is the number of people in Christian County, Kentucky. Sitting in Los Angeles, it's not San Francisco, it's not New York City, it's Christian County, Kentucky. 61,472 people, not in any church anywhere on Sunday morning. One thing remains the same. Christian County needs the churches of this association to work together to advance the gospel and evangelize and disciple people in this county. In 1960s and 1970s, Harold Skaggs was pastor of First Baptist Church, Oak Grove, where I later became pastor. I got to know Brother Harold. Brother Harold told me a story of a time in the late 60s, early 70s, when the Vietnam buildup was happening, and Fort Campbell was about to ship out its, uh, its, its soldiers. And when they did, the, the, the spouses couldn't stay living on base at that time. They would all have to go, go back to their families. And First Baptist Oak Grove had a revival scheduled for that fall. And, and Brother Harold started thinking about the fact the soldiers would be leaving and should they have this revival. Called the deacons together. They had a meeting and he just began to discuss how things were and what was about to happen. And the soldiers would be deployed soon and the Oak Grove would soon be a ghost town. And should we cancel this revival was the question before the deacons. And they all listened to Brother Harold and talked among themselves. And we're about to make the decision that yes, we obviously, folks aren't going to be here. We should probably go ahead and make plans to cancel this revival. One deacon, who was quiet most of the time, spoke up before their meeting was over, Mr. Ed Hancock. In fact, Mr. Ed Hancock was one of the charter members of First Baptist Oak Grove. He came out of Olivet Baptist Church, which started First Baptist Oak Grove. And the reason Olivet started the church was they did a home mission study from the home mission board about unreached people groups. And those members started prayerfully saying, we have an unreached people group right here in our backyard, soldiers at Fort Campbell. And so they started First Baptist Church Oak Grove, I think 1953, for the purpose of reaching soldiers and their families with the gospel. Mr. Ed Hancock left Olivet to come over and help start that church. Mr. Ed Hancock spoke up and here's what he said. He said, men, he said to me, he said, these soldiers are about to go into harm's way. He said, many of them are not going to return home. And he said, many of them are lost and don't know the Lord. He said to me, this is not the time to cancel our revival. This is the time to redouble our efforts and have the best revival that we could possibly have. His voice carried the meeting they had the revival. They had 57 professions of faith during that week of services. Praise God for people who have a vision to work together to advance the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Christian County Baptist Association, this is not the time to quit. It's not the time to give up. It's not the time to slow down. It's not the time to pull apart. This is the time to say never stop until all have heard the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Praise God for the churches of this association, the pastors who serve here, the deacons, the Sunday school teachers, the treasurers, the members who tithe and pray and give. Praise God for your association mission strategists, those who've served before and the one who's serving right now. May God continue to use the churches of the Christian County Baptist Association to advance the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ until Jesus returns or calls us home. Amen. Amen.